Hey, hey. Good. How are you, Jesse? I'm good. I was just moved myself here to the studio that I'm building. No worries. Where are you based out of? Uh, Georgia. We're in North Georgia. Okay. How about you? Um, Edmonton, Canada. So probably a lot colder than where you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like 90 something degrees here right now. All right. Yeah, I just I'm setting up. So the way this works, Josh, I know you, you had about questions. I don't ever have. Well, that's not true. I have a, a set of questions at the end that are all like music related that we'd play like a 20 questions game. Uh, but otherwise, it's just more of talking about your music, listen to some stories because I'm a songwriter. So I like to hear the stories, too. Uh, and you feel free to promote any person, anything you got going on. Uh, this is all pre-recorded, so I will, once it's ready, I'll let you know before I, I release it. Perfect. Get my drink, because I don't have any air conditioning out here yet. I got air, one window fan out here blowing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, all right, you ready to roll? I am. All right, everybody, this is the George Songbirds, and we're here with Josh Sahanta. Am I saying it right? Yes, you did. All right. I get, I get, every time people send me songs and stuff, I always get their names wrong because I'm from the South. So when I say it, it's going to come out wrong anyway. So, introduce yourself, well, Josh. I love, that's, that's very funny because uh, most people say it wrong and you're the first person who's just nailed it on the first time. So I appreciate that. <laughs> it, it must be a, a secret country name that you just didn't know you had. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Josh Sahanta. I'm a pop R&B artist based out of Edmonton, Canada. And um, yeah, I've, t I've toured internationally. I've, I've been doing music professionally now for about eight years. And yeah, happy to be on the show. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. I know, um, I think it was Gert who sent me some of your music uh, for the New Music Monday. Nice. And I told everybody that, that anytime I do that, because I have the podcast that I do, which we're doing now, like interviews and album reviews. Um, and then I did like a Georgia versus series, which is basically eight songwriters from Georgia versus eight songwriters from wherever else I've decided to do it with it. Okay. Right now it's, it's statewide, but we're coming to Canada eventually. I'm going to, I'm going to get some, Amazing. there's a lot of Canadians up there that have got really good music. Nice. Yes. Uh, so that, that's kind of the new music Monday is just for the radio station only. So I don't ever really talk. They just, the promoters always send me stuff, but I wanted everybody to know that if you're on the show or if you're on the countdown or if you're on the, uh, on the new music Monday that I, I take all kinds of guests, all kinds of genres. I don't care. I just like listening to music. That's what we want. Yep. I don't, I'm, a, I'm a songwriter playing a band too. So I like to get hurt as well. So I, I tell everybody I'll help you wherever I can. And the only thing I ever ask in return is two things is one pay it forward. So if you have like songwriter friends or um, musicians, artists that you think I should hear, uh, have them reach out to me and I'll be more than happy to interview them. And two, just kind of spread the word. Cool. Right, so, how, how'd you get started, Josh? Um, how did I get started? I I've been playing music now for you know my whole life since I was a little kid. I was you know I had a just kind of a bit of a natural aptitude towards it. Um, growing up, I I was involved in a lot of different sports, um, and sports was kind of like my center focus in my life, and um. I, you know, I was never really great at school. I, I tried really hard. I, I studied really hard and um, it's just not something that I was ever really good at, but I went to university anyways, just, you know, um, I was living under my parents' roof. I wanted to respect them. And so I went to, got a, got a degree in, in psychology. Um, and yeah, it was, 
I enjoyed my time in university, but it also was incredibly difficult at the same time. Like just the amount of hours I had to put into studying and, you know, my grades were, they were decent and, but they weren't like incredible. And yeah, I just, I just really struggled with it. And I, and I had no idea what I would want to do outside of school that had to do with my degree. And so, yeah, I guess I, you know, music was the thing that I always just kept coming back to. And it was the thing that I was the best at, I would say, out of any other thing in my life. And um, eventually I kind of just decided to take the plunge and just go all in with music. And then, um, you know, I had all these festivals booked and, and tours planned out and everything was like starting to look great. And then all of a sudden we had a we had a pandemic and then everything <laughs> everything got shut down and I lost all my gigs. I lost my tours. I lost my festival um, opportunities. And then I had to basically reevaluate what a career in music looks like when you can't play music live anymore. And um, that's kind of where I've been at lately. And um, I managed to figure it out. It's been actually really great. And now, now that things are opening up again here, um, I've been booked again for, for festivals and, and pretty significant gigs and, um jumping back in with both feet now so tell people who are listening that are trying to do the same thing you are because i know 2020 hit when i do this podcast i started this podcast like right before 2020 and i'm same thing every musician i've talked to it hit everybody musicians it hit them hard and the businesses that supported us even harder so tell people how you've kind of managed to do that because you said that you you found a path to do it yeah um Honestly, so the biggest thing that helped me was, um, so I, I produce most of my own music. Um, I'd say about 90% of my own songs you'll hear are produced by me. Um, that's kind of a skill I developed a few years ago, uh, mostly because I didn't have enough money to pay somebody else to record me or produce me. So <laughs> yep. I had an option. I had two options. I was either going to keep trying to pay someone else to do it, or I was going to invest in the in a microphone and a, and a recording software and figure it out myself. And I just kind of figured that um, doing it myself was a lot more cost effective. And, and if I learned how to do it, I'd be able to get a lot more of it uh, out of it down the line than just constantly paying someone else. So yeah, basically because of just lack of money, I just learned how to do it myself. Um, I had a, you know, a really crappy beat up laptop that I learned how to produce music on and um that skill ended up coming in handy, obviously, over the last couple of years as I've been putting out my own music. But also I've, I've been having people reach out to me to, to produce for them. And during the pandemic, when all the music studios closed down, everybody was going on to Zoom sessions to do, to do co-writing and production sessions and all these kinds of things. And I guess I just happened to jump onto that opportunity really early. And I had all these people um, wanting to hire me to produce for them and record them. And, um, you know, it was actually great because we, I had these musicians who had um, my, a microphone and the ability to record vocals at home who were then sending me their vocals. And then I was producing music around it. And then we were just sending files back and forth. And it ended up actually just being a really easy way for me to make an income during the pandemic. Um, because I didn't even have to leave this room really. So um, that's now what I essentially do full time. And I now I'm playing shows again, and I just released a brand new album of my own. And so yes, everything has just 
now started to get back to normal, but I also now have this bedrock of like a, a job in as a music producer um, to fall back on now as well. So it honestly was in many ways was kind of a blessing, but uh, also pretty bad in a lot of ways too. Now, um, since you produce your own, do you have like a studio name you want to tell anybody in case you want to reach out? And It's honestly just under my name. It's just Josh okay. Sahanta. I haven't, I haven't actually branded or like branched out my, you know, my stuff as a producer versus a songwriter versus an artist. It's all kind of just all encompassing. And maybe I will someday, but um, it's been pretty easy just to keep everything in under one name for now, at least. Yeah. I, I the same with the Georgia Songbirds. I was like, I like, I like weird names on stuff. So when I did the, the Georgia Songbirds, the, I called like here, if you're, if you're in Georgia and you come to see me and we do the uh, interview here, it's uh, one of two places. One is in the studio, which I'm still building, uh, which I have like a fan base thing. People have helped, helped do it because I'm doing it all myself. Nice. So uh, it takes time and money. I understand that. <laughs> or I have the uh, gazebo outside. And so the gazebo is called the bird's nest. It's kind of a funny okay. name. I was like, it's a bird's, I call it the bird's nest. Why not? It's, it's, it's corny, <laughs> but I, I like it. Oh, it's cool. And so I always like to hear names because even my band name is a funny name. I, I put it, it's called Yes, Ma'am. And it stands for middle-aged men. That's what the M A N is. Because I'm I'm about to be 45 years old, and all the bandmates around the same age, so we're all family-oriented and have yeah. uh, we just have responsibilities. So I thought it was funny, kind of cute. I love it. Yeah, it's very authentic. So you have to come up with a cute name for your studio one day. Seriously, and I'll, <laughs> you'll be the first one to know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned psychology earlier. I want to ask you: Does that help you in in your music? If you found that it helped you at all? Definitely. Um, I think mostly the way it helps me is that I have a much easier time um, interacting with my audience mm -hmm. because I kind of know, oh, sorry, one second. I kind of know um, right away what's going to be the most um, effective way to engage with them, like in terms of like connecting with them on an emotional level, the kinds of things that I feel like we'll get a response out of people. And then I, this is kind of, this is going to make me sound crazy, but <laughs> it actually works. And it's such a cool tool to have in your back pocket in terms of constructing a set list for a show. But it's, it's this idea of being able to manipulate your audience. Like, you know, that when you say this thing, they're going to laugh. You know that when you you say this thing and tell this story and then followed by the song, it's going to make people cry. It's going to make people very emotional, mm -hmm. you know, like so just stuff like that. It, it's allowed me to to really like connect with a deeper level on my um, on my set list building and the way I do live shows to essentially manipulate the audience into getting the response out of them that I want. And, and that's something I would say that I learned from psychology is just how to play into people's emotions, the types of things that um, people interact with more easily. And um, so there's that whole side of it, but then also there's the songwriting side of it. And, you know, certainly um, learning about how the mind works and how we respond to different um, things in our lives. That's really helped open up a whole new area of possibilities for what I can write about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I no longer will just write a basic love song um, about A, B, and C that have been written about a million times, but I'm able to unpack A, B, and C and go even deeper into those 
topics and um, just do a little bit more with them. Okay. And I'm glad you said that because as, as songwriters, I think they, that's one step that they all need to learn and they eventually do because you're playing at an audience. And if you're playing at a bar compared to playing at a church, it's different music. If you're playing yeah. at a it's, it's vineyard, it's a family oriented, you kind of got to ebb and flow. So I always like to do like two or three fast songs to the slow song and then two or three yeah. fast songs to the slow song. Yeah. And if at a bar, I try not to do any slow songs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's there nobody's there for that oh no no but it's funny um there i i'm not a big fan of doing covers i just i've never been and i've told this a hundred times on the podcast they've heard it i know they're probably sick of it but it's i was never good with time so Mm -hmm. for me to take somebody else's song one i'm gonna have to change it completely because there's just no way i can i could do it justice and there's no sense in trying yeah. So I'd always make a game out of it. I would take a song like I do a, a Prince cover. I do When Doves Cry and I slow it way down. Mm. And so I make a game out of it. And I tell people, if you can guess what this song is before I get to the hook, I'll buy you a beer mm. or buy you a drink. And then same thing. If not, you buy me one. So I, yeah. liked, I like what you said because it, I think it is knowing your audience yeah. and, and knowing kind of what they want. And I think if if you don't have a psychology degree like you have, it's more experience and learning to do it. But totally. I think that's cool that you could do that. Yeah. And it's something that anybody can learn really. Um, it's not like I had to get a degree <laughs> to learn how to do that, but I mean, it certainly helped understand why it works. And I think that's the difference is knowing that it works and then knowing why it works. And I think you can, you can get a little bit more mileage out of that knowing if you know why. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely useful information. <laughs> See now in my head, this is how my my head works for for songwriter stuff. If I had a psychology degree, what I would be doing and opening the set, I'd have a couch and I'd be sitting on the couch, and I'd be just ranting about something, and then I'd get up and start playing. That's that's my well, head right now. <laughs> I love that, and that's actually something I've thought about doing. Like if I were to ever go on a bigger solo acoustic tour, mm-hmm. it would be super cool to to set up the stage as if it was if the audience was in a counseling session or something like that, that's something I've always wanted to do. And yeah. And then play like the songs that, that, you know, paint the story of like the client, so to speak. And yeah, that's, uh, I love that you said that that's, that's been something on my bucket list for a long time. (laughs) And then more, I think about it, like you could bring somebody on stage and write a song to them right there. Like, Hey, let me hear Let me hear your story. Yes. Or like you said, find a song that fits them. But if you really want to get fancy, just go and write them a song right totally. there. Yeah. That would, that'd be cool. That would. That'd be now a you, lot of pressure, but that would be cool. <laughs> now you got my song right and juices flowing. I'm like, oh, I want to do this now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be so much fun. Now, do you play in a band or is it just you? I do. So um, I play with uh, a six-piece band and uh, uh, I do play solo as well. It really just depends on the type of show it is. If it's a, you know, more intimate type of thing, I'll usually just take my acoustic guitar and do it that way. But I very much prefer to play with a full band. It's just way more, way more fun. You can do way more with it. Um, you know, there's more options for dynamics as well. And um, I love ripping the occasional guitar solo. And it's it's a lot easier to do when you've got a band backing you. So um, I just love the freedom of playing with a band. Yeah. And there's, if you're a songwriter and you're listening to this and you don't play in a band, there's just something about playing in a band when it's right, when you're on and you're hitting it and it works great. 
there's not much else that that beats that feeling it's just it's so fun it's such a high that you just it's natural and you can't reproduce it now when it's bad it's bad but when it's good you you know that you're on totally and and you know my i would say my biggest complaint about playing with a band and and uh i mean it's it's a pretty big complaint i will say but the the reward of it is so much better than the than the risk but i'd say my biggest complaint is that you're having to coordinate schedules with five other people I understand. Um, who, who have jobs <laughs> who have families friends lives and it's like unless i'm you know touring stadiums around the world and i'm you know one of the bigger artists in the world and these people can take time out of their regular lives to be there for your project 100 percent of the time it's kind of hard to expect other people to prioritize your your project because a lot of the people in my band like most of them play in other bands as well and um so they're they're more like session musicians in the sense that like they'll play wherever the pay is right and uh yeah so that's like that's the tricky part when i'm trying to coordinate with five different people who have jobs or have other bands they play in and they have to figure out what their other band rehearsals and um i'd say that's the biggest complaint i have about playing band shows but honestly once like you said when it's good it's really good and there's nothing like it now do you do a lot of originals or do you do covers do you do a mixture i would say about 95 percent originals yes and with a little bit of room for for covers in there what's the weirdest cover that you do (laughs) weirdest cover um honestly i don't think any of them are really that weird i mean we do we do superstition by stevie wonder and you know some crowds may say that's weird but i i think it's a great song it's great it is a great i love the way that the red hot chili peppers did it too oh me too (laughs) that's yeah that's comparable to the original for sure yes now do you okay well do you get like weird requests for songs Ah, uh, good question. I I was once asked to play Eruption, and uh, I am nowhere near as good at guitar to be able to pull that off. Mm-hmm. So I had to politely decline. But um, yeah, that's that's probably the most out there request I've ever gotten. I wish I could play Eruption, but sadly, I I just it's too difficult for me. I've I've tried. <laughs> I know you probably get the same ones like Tennessee whiskey and I uh, I do. I have actually covered Tennessee whiskey. Okay. I actually have a cover of that one on Spotify. So. Oh, I'm going to put that on. We'll have to listen to it later. I want to hear that because I know the wagon wheel, which I will not do. And yeah, you got to tip me a hundred bucks. You want me to do wagon. I hate, (laughs) I hate wagon wheel. And, uh, and of course, Tennessee whiskey, and it needs to be Freebird. I would love to play Freebird. That's that to me is an easier song to play because if the band with a band, not by myself, but with a band, because then that's you know seven, eight minutes worth of time I filled with guitar solos. Totally. <laughs> Didn't have to remember another song. Yes, I've been. I've definitely gotten Freebird too. So I'm with you on that one. There is a cover of Freebird that Wynonna Judd did that I absolutely love. Wow she they had i don't know if you if you're uh listening to a lot of rock and stuff but skinner had a um, like a tribute album like uh they did the eagles it's a country version of it and so they did a country version of skinner some of them were okay you know because it's it's country it, it's, sometimes it's hard to hit that rock vibe but yeah. the way the way she did freebird she started like all on piano 
And it just, it made it so much sadder the way she did it. Wow. It so great. I'm going to have to look this up. Yes. It's, I, I love it. I, it's a great song. That's one of my favorite covers of a song. Wow. And it's like, uh, Tuesday's gone. Hank, I heard Hank Jr.'s version before I heard Skinner's. Wow. So, see, I like, see, I like covers when somebody else does it. And when I yeah, don't so have to do it. like covers of covers. Yes. I like somebody else covering it. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Let's hear one of your songs. Which one do you want to hear first? Um, let's maybe start with 16. That's the uh, title track off of my, my debut album, or I guess not debut, but my second album okay. that I just put out, um, not this previous Saturday, but the one before, May 20th. Um, it's the largest body of work that I've ever put out. So very, very proud of it and 16 is the song that kind of just gets the whole album going i was right there at the top too wasn't it 16 and so what I, there it is yeah so what i'll do um and i'm gonna ask you you got million streams that's cool that's let me hit follow because i thought he did follow that right there um <laughs> i wish we'll, we'll go talk about that in a minute because i think that's pretty cool that you know i know stream don't get too much but it's still cool to see the numbers go up like that yeah for sure so what i'm gonna do josh is i'm gonna mute us and i'm gonna play 16 Okay. Uh, so just give me a thumbs up if you can hear it when I play it. Sure. Is it awful to say that I wanted to die when I was 60? I hit those memories. You were right by my side when I wanted to hide. You didn't leave me. I see it clearly. Nothing else. 
That was really good. Hey. I, I like that. I have a question. Where is that picture taken? Because I see Marilyn Monroe and Elvis. Yeah, there's a there's a diner um, here in Edmonton where I live called Rock and Robins, and it's uh, it's meant to just be like an old school um old school diner and they have a bunch of memorabilia from the past in there so it's very cool i've heard of rock and robin before i've, I've seen seen that nice I, I like that song thank um, you um the to me is it's the beat did you get did you come up with the beat yourself I did, you get like I loops did. and stuff that's a good beat i like oh it, it was a good line yeah <laughs> thanks I like that. I think that's like sync of sync ready song. It's kind of a sync music sound. I know people, songwriters want to be out and playing stuff, but I think you can make a lot of money like putting TV shows and, and movies and stuff. Yeah. And that's actually how I make, you know, quite a bit of my income is um, through, through music licensing and stuff like that. Like I've had a couple songs in, in Netflix shows and um, they, I get, you know, a lot of my more acoustic songs used for like wedding videos and stuff like that. So it's like a nice little, second secondary income that i have yeah yeah so tell people how you do that how do, how do they if they wanted to sync what kind of places do they go that you might use that might help them great question i i mean i've just met uh music supervisors at conferences that i've attended um and you know that's the nice thing about us not really being in a pandemic uh, or i guess we are still technically but we're not um as tight on restrictions now and and conferences are happening again which is nice and um i actually went to the the cd baby music conference in nashville okay and i met a music supervisor there and uh and then i met another music supervisor here um who came and did a, a talk here in edmonton and uh yeah i've just stayed in touch with them over the years and um kind of told them that i sounded like ed sheeran and they said that they're always looking for for musicians who sound like Ed Sheeran, who don't cost as much as Ed Sheeran. <laughs> and I was like, I'm your guy. Just let me know what you need and I can make an Ed Sheeran song for you. And and so uh, that kind of just got us on a good relationship. And and they've been pitching my stuff for different things, different projects they've been working on ever since. And then more recently, a record, out, a record label out of Vancouver, Canada, uh, reached out to me and asked if I would write an, an album of wedding songs that they could then take and pitch to um, not just wedding videographers, but also like people who shoot commercials for weddings, like whether mm -hmm. it's engagement ring uh, commercials or wedding dress or wedding venues or things like that. Like there's a huge market for that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it's just really, a lot of it is just random. And um, a lot of it is just being in the right room at the right time and meeting the right person. So now that we can actually go to conferences again, I, I would say I highly recommend um, for anybody to do that. Yeah, that's that's good advice because it's it's always been the beginning of time is is network. It's who you know. You got to meet these people. Yeah. Now I was reading on it. Is this the, you said this is your first album in five years? Yes. <laughs> uh, is there a reason it took so long? Is it just the pandemic? Is it just too much going on? It was mostly the pandemic. It was uh, it was supposed to come out a lot sooner, but it was going to come out in a series of EPs um, as a, as opposed to a full album. But I just decided, you know what, I can't I can't really do anything right now. I'm not playing any shows. It's it's hard to make an event out of a release right now. So why don't I just hold on to these songs and then hopefully, uh, you know, in the next couple of years, we will be out of this pandemic. Shows will be back, and I can actually 
release this as a bigger project and have a big concert and treat it like an actual event. And that's kind of what I did. And, and thankfully I was able to have a big release concert for it this past Saturday. And um, yeah, it was just so amazing to play to a room packed with people again and um, actually have the physical CDs and vinyls and, and stuff on hand as well. So mm -hmm. I think it was a good idea to wait. I waited longer than I would have liked to, but um, I think it was worth it in the end. Yeah, I, I like having CDs and something that you can physically touch. Definitely. Um, so I meant to ask you before, but the story of 16, uh, I'm a songwriter too, so I like to hear stories of, of the song. So kind of tell me the story of the song we just heard. Yeah, so uh, honestly, 16 is uh, it's a bit of a personal one. I, um, it's, a, it's a lot about like my, my faith journey, and um, you know, I'm a believer, and it's, a, it's the biggest part of my life. And um, it's kind of just the process I went through of um, just wrestling with, with faith and, and just kind of like that whole world and, um, going off the, the path and, and getting myself into some trouble and having some really horrible experiences because of it, but then also just like coming back and, um, knowing that that was where you should have been all along. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a story in the Bible called the prodigal son, and that's just one that I've always really, um, felt connected with. And, um 16 in, in many ways is like a modern story of that of of the of the prodigal son and just you know leaving home uh to go find pleasure in all the different things in the world but then realizing that you should never have left home and um that, yeah in many ways that's just that's kind of what it what it means to me and why i wrote that song and i intentionally kind of wrote it like very vague because you could listen to that song and think it's just a love song Mm -hmm. um and in many ways it is but um i kind of like writing songs that have a bit more of a a dual meaning where it, it could mean one thing to somebody else and mean something entirely different to me but yeah that's that's kind of the story behind that one for me well i think that goes to the sync writing that you do anybody that tells you when you write for sync or for tv they want it vague they don't want a story about john and judy they want a vague story open for everyone absolutely but I think also I think that also goes with songwriting in general, and, and because you think about it, the songs are on the radio. You got to connect to millions of people, yeah, right. And everybody has a different story, but in that story, there's always going to be a thread of something that touches you. That's that's I think what part of the song of it is is that one little thread that you pull on that just makes it yours. Yes. And everybody takes that song different, you know. Mm. Like don't like don't take the girl, the Tim McGraw song from the nineties. Yes. Everybody's like, did the girl die? Did the girl, you know, they always want to know. There's always a story to it. I, yeah. I like those kind of stuff. Totally, me too. And I, I know pop gets a big, gets a big crap about not being stories told. But I, I see when you tell me the story behind a song, even though it's a pop song, there's a story there. Yes. And I like that. So Thank I, I, you. I like that. Thank you. I try to be really intentional about that. You know, I, I, I have a hard time writing songs that are about nothing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so even if I am trying to write say a top 40 pop song um i have to i have to write it with the intention to still tell a meaningful story of some sort so i appreciate that see now i do a little uh sometimes i do like a little game with songwriters because i like to see how songwriters songwriters minds work because like we talked about psychology earlier it's different for everybody yep. so I'm, I'm gonna give you like a just a, a, a visual or something uh, and you tell me what you would do in a song you know what, what would a song mean to you um so i always look around because i always do this game and i'm never prepared with an actual 
thing. So I was like, I need to get like a box of, of words. Like, I'm oh, yeah, word out here. <laughs> here's your challenge. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, the things that matter. Things that matter. And so now you want me to, to paint a picture and how I would write a song about that? If you were to write a song around things that matter. Yeah. If I were to write a song about things that matter, I would probably write about, um, you know, somebody who maybe let's say they're famous. Let's say they've seen the world and, and they're, they're, they've toured and played big stages and they've, you know, sat next to celebrities at dinner and, uh, you know, won, won Grammys and, and played uh, and performed with some of the biggest stars in the world. But when they come home at night in their hotel, wherever in the world they are, they still feel lonely. They still feel empty. They still feel like there's something not quite right there. And then um, compared to, say, let's say uh, there's a musician who, who just plays at the local bar every night, but he comes home and his little daughter comes running into his arms and his wife is there and he's the happiest guy in the world, even though he'll, he might never reach the level of success that the other musician did, mm-hmm. but, but he doesn't feel like there's anything missing. So I might write about the difference between the two of those guys. And, you know, one of them might seem like they've got the world and they've got everything they've, they could ever ask for money, success, fame, but, but he still feels empty and he still feels like there's something missing versus the guy who his dreams might never come true, but he's got the things that matter. Right. So I think that's what I'd write that about. See, now you say that now my mind starts turning. So here, here's how I would, this is what you, when you said that, this is what made, it made me think of like, okay, there's a, like I said, a famous person or something, they're coming in from a show or whatever, and they're at a restaurant or they're at a gas station and they see this attendant, right? And both of them wish they had each other's lives mm-hmm. and things that matter because, you know, and that what they don't have and better and worry about what they do have. Yes. So that, that, that made me think like, Oh, that's a, that'd be good. That, and that, and again, my, I told you earlier, my songwriting juices are flowing now. So I'm like, I, might, oh. I, I might go write this song now. <laughs> hey, I love co-writing. If you ever want to write, I'm, oh, I'm always down for it. Absolutely. We got to write this song now. Yes, I've never done pop, but you know what? I don't have it. Doesn't matter. We're so oh, story I, I is a story. I do. I write in every genre. There's nothing. I mean, maybe not like metal, because mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know where to start. But um, yeah, I try. I write in every genre. I, I'd I'd love to. I want to try to do in pop because I want to try. It. I I couldn't sing it because my voice wouldn't let, let it. They don't want. They don't want my voice in, the, in a pop song. But I have. What written, genre is your band? Uh, it's kind of like southern rock, a little bit nice. more like outlaw country. Oh, cool. And it goes more because of my voice. You know, the, we had a, um, a singer that with us before, and you mentioned about like schedules and trying to get everybody in. Well, he was more like R&B and blues. So okay. we, would do, we would do a lot of blues, like slow blues stuff. Right. And it, it was great. I even wrote a song that a lady in Pittsburgh, she's going to cover it now. She, mm. she loved it so much. And she's a big blues lady up in Pittsburgh. Right. Cool. And I was like, yeah, t- absolutely you can cut it. Why would I say, why would I say no? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, Would you write me a song too? I was like, why again, why would I say no? You're yes. asking me to write something for you. You're out there playing, you're getting the, the songs. Of course I'll write it for you. And her name is yes. Miss Freddie. She's an amazing singer, songwriter herself, uh, out of Pittsburgh. Nice. But, so do you, then are you are you the uh are you like vocalist, guitarist type of thing or I am. I play uh I can play acoustic, I play the acoustic guitar usually, uh, because I do more yeah. of the rhythm. 
I, but I write the songs and then I've right. gotten to where the band I've got, I give them the fever. So they'll start writing with me now. And so nice. they'll come in with a story like, okay, Jesse, here, I got this picture and we're, we're writing one round now. It's called dirt on my yellow brick road. Hmm. And they he came up, this was his vision. All right. They're at a farm and they're poor. I'm like, okay, that's all I have. <laughs> it's like, okay. So we took it and then it, it turned into like a gambling song. You know, the okay. guy, he, he got, he got this farm from like a family inheritance and he's losing it because it's gambling problems. Oh man. So it is like his, now there's dirt on my yellow brick road. Okay. That sounds cool. You got to send that to me when you're done. Absolutely. I've got, I've got a rough version of, of us sitting here in the garage playing it. So you'll, you'll hear it. Nice. I'll, I'll definitely send that to you. I, I like I said, I love music and I love, that's why I said, when you asked me the questions, like, what are you going to ask me? I'm like, I don't know. There's no <laughs> telling what I'm going to ask you, Josh. It's going to come up with it. <laughs> that's, that's fine with me. Well, let's listen to another one of your songs though. We're, we're talking about music. So which one do you want to hear next? Sure. Well, well, maybe let's do We'll Be All Right. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you before we play it, the story behind it. Yeah, We'll Be All Right. Um, it's actually the first song of mine that ever passed a million streams. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my highest streamed song. Actually, no, second highest, I guess. I'm looking at the numbers right now. Yep. Um, and it's funny, that one. I, I wrote that when I was still living at my parents' house. I wrote that and recorded that in their basement. when I And, you know, it's pretty early on into my self-production career where I was making my own music and I didn't know any of the any of the tricks or the I didn't know like how compression worked and how to EQ things and I had I, I didn't know any of that stuff I was just like this sounds kind of cool I'm gonna just record it and I hope it sounds good and I recorded it myself I mixed it myself I released it myself independently and then um, I actually just got it signed to Universal Records um, about three months ago. And um, yeah, it's, you know, it's past a million streams now. And it kind of, to me, was a nice reminder that you don't always need a big fancy studio to make songs that do well. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote that song about the pandemic. I, I was, you know, right before everything kind of um, hit the fan, I was in a, in a, place where with my now wife where we were like trying to plan a wedding and you know that whole plan kind of came crumbling down when when we weren't allowed to have our friends there and everything like that and um, thankfully we still ended up getting married but there was just a lot of plans that were just kind of thrown out the window and and I had no idea what would happen with my career and you know we didn't know when we'd get out of this it's like when we first heard of COVID-19 and these lock lockdowns it was like, okay, is this going to be like just for the next couple months? Is this going to be just for like a year? And, you know, we're, we're now three years into it essentially. And it's like, you know, now only now are we kind of starting to see that like, okay, maybe in the next year we might be home free. And so we'll be all right. Honestly, was just kind of like, will we be all right? So it's kind of a, it's an interesting song because there's a part of me that says, will we be all right as a question? But then there's another part of the song that's like, we will be all right as a statement. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit of fighting that duality of like, are we going to be okay? And then also like, no, 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 we, we are going to be okay. So that's that song. All right. Nice. Well, let's take, listen to it. I'm going to mute us and play it. September 
You talked about Ed Sheeran earlier. The guy's got an amazing style and a tone, and kind of like John Legend and Sam Smith, you know, they they got that kind of easy flow. I, I like yours too. I mean, you the do you how many instruments can you play? Uh, guitar, bass, drums, piano, and I guess singing if you count that. I think that's an instrument because I agree. <laughs> I I'll can't do both at the same time. Make sure. <laughs> It's hard for me to play both at the same time, guitar and singing. I realized the other day I was, I, I did a song with a band, and it's one that I wrote called Pretty in the Dark. Ah. And I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, then let me not play on this one because I already gave you guys the rhythm. You, you got, I've got two lead guitars, you know, so you play rhythm and lead, and I'll go back and forth and battle. And I won't even play except for like in the time where I'm not singing. And it right. sounds so much better because I didn't have to worry. I didn't have to worry about – <laughs> my drummer trying to keep time on me and me trying to keep time with him and we're both right. fighting it and doing it wrong yeah and then letting so i let him follow mike and james would come on the lead and then in by then he's already in his rhythm he's in his groove because a drummer if it's not in the groove it will yeah. mess the whole Don't thing up part, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so but they and i was listening to it I was like we need to do more of that hmm. because actually with acoustic guitar when i play it it's, it fills it out but it doesn't usually i play it because you don't hear it <laughs> yeah now sir again you came up with all that stuff that's your producing and, and everything it is yep you got a really good ear thank you <laughs> I, I like that my my wife loves 
that kind of style music, the pop music with the, the slow beats and the stuff like that, more so than she likes mine. Because <laughs> mine, I always teach people it's called mutt music because it's it's such a mixture of blues and rock and country right. and and I just love that stuff. But I, I like the way you do yours. Thank you so much. Now you said you, you just got married, right? So a couple of years ago. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, does your wife sing or anything like that? No, she's she's not she's not very musical. <laughs> she uh, she appreciates music. You know, I, I would say the biggest difference that we had um, was she didn't really like the music that I liked. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the biggest thing for us. You know, like even now when we go on road trips, we're always fighting over who gets to control the <laughs> control the music because I'll play something completely different than what she'll want to listen to. And uh, but I mean, it's funny because she her biggest like she absolutely loves country music. Mm-hmm more than anything in the world and if she could only listen to country music till the day she dies she very well would and i i definitely appreciated country music before i uh you know before her and i even started dating but definitely not on the level that she's on mm-hmm. and i think my appreciation for it has grown significantly and now like you know i wish i could i wish i could pull off the country voice and 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 because a lot of the songs I'm writing could very easily be country songs. I just don't have the voice for it. So I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to have to find someone who can sing this one for me because I don't have that twang. So I can't pull this <laughs> off. <laughs> See, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm actually doing a collaboration for that very reason. And I think I, I'm writing these songs and it's a song I either wrote or co-wrote and then I'll have somebody else sing them. Mm. And that's always one of the things like when I would, would do like a uh, the songwriting group around here is one of the things I wanted to do was you got to bring your song in that you wrote, you know, it doesn't matter where it's at and let's have somebody else sing it because mm. you'll, you'll hear it in a whole different way. Yeah. Because like I said, your voice and my voice are going to be completely different. I'll let you hear something of mine at the end after that's I please. stop recording. But it's one of those things where it, it makes you think of it different. Yeah. And that's one of the around here in Georgia co-writing is not as big as it is in Nashville, but it okay. should be because you go right. to Nashville, you know, you're in Nashville. I'm, I'm not about Canada, but you're co-writing regardless. You yeah. step foot in Nashville. It's like, Hey, that's right. You know? Yeah. But they don't want to do that here as much. And I was like, you, you're missing out on a whole lot of stuff. Absolutely. So now did you co-write any songs or these all just songs that you wrote yourself? um the so the one that you just heard i wrote that all all by myself mm-hmm. and then um the one before that that we listened to i also wrote by myself yeah okay so the, like i said there's i like this i like the stories and i'm and i'm glad that you put stories in pop uh have Thanks. you ever seen that movie uh well i guess it's a remake of a remake of a remake a star is born yes uh, with a bradley cooper bradley and cooper, yeah lady and gaga. lady gaga yeah it was so funny listen the way they did that in when she was writing the song, singer songwriter songs, you know, it was like stories. Yes. And as soon as she got to pop, she's like, forgot the story. I'm like, what are you doing? I know yeah. it's a movie and it's already made. They can't hear me, but like, what are you doing? That's oh, yeah. come on. She lost all the, all the depth. You could tell. And that's like, yeah. And that's, the, I think that's the, you know, the unfortunate plague of a lot of mainstream pop music is it's all about the catchiness. It's all about the hook. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, for me, my favorite part to write in, in, in a song by far is the verse. You know, that's where the meat is. That's where the story is. That's where you're, 
you know, introducing the audience to your, to your plot and to mm. the characters. And, and, you know, that's, that's so much fun for me. I, I can write verses all day. And I, I personally actually struggle with writing the hook like that. That to me is the hardest part to write because my brain is so storytelling driven that it's almost hard to think of like, okay, now how do I pull this around into some catchy, some catchy thing that, you know, I just repeat a few times and mm -hmm. get stuck in people's head that actually doesn't really matter. So, I mean, maybe that's just my attitude and I need to change it, but um, yeah, I've, I've always just really gravitated towards um, writing verses more so than anything else. Well, I like the, like I said, I think a lot of songwriters have that in them because hooks, to, the hooks to me are always a hard, I'm, I'm with you the same way. I could write the story. I always like to have an opening line that's strong. And then mm. uh, if I can find the hook, because normally I'll write, I don't know how you do it, but I, it's different every time I know, but I'm going to ask you how you do that. But I'd rather do the, the opening line and then the music will lead me to a hook. And sometimes it's strong, sometimes it's not. But I think with, with that, it's pop music, there's groove. If you have a good groove, a lot of times people won't listen to the story, which I think is sad, but yeah. they, they won't. And so they'll remember the groove, they'll dance and then, yeah. and then the hook. So when you're writing, uh, I know it's different every time, but what do you normally start with the verses or the hook of a song? I always start with the verses. I I'm very much like you, how you just described it. I let the, I let the verses and the, and the story lead me to the, to the hook. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever written a, a chorus before a verse ever. I write the song in the order of that it will happen because uh, I need to tell it like a story. Mm -hmm. And in, in like the way I picture a story, it's like no one writes the ending before they write the beginning. I mean, maybe some do. I mean, that I even just saying that I'm already regretting saying that because I, I <laughs> guarantee you lots of authors do that. But I write it in the order in which it happens because I need to play out the story mm -hmm. before I reach the um whatever the main point is so i need to like start with the verse introduce the setting the characters the scenery the plot everything before i can get before i can expect the listener to care about what the chorus says right i need to make them first care about and first be interested in um the introduction to that so that's kind of how i do it i think i have maybe one I have maybe two songs that I've started on a course. I, I usually don't. I mean, I know there's like a, people like to follow this AABB, you know, but I, I just, again, whatever the music makes me think of, I'll just do it that way. Yeah, definitely. Now, do you have a song that you play out um, that you maybe you don't like anymore because you get requested all the time and you want to play your new stuff? um you know the song that i get requested the most is uh my song i'd leave my happy home for you mm -hmm. um i get requested that at almost every single show i play and i still love that song it's in my opinion it's probably my favorite song i've ever written okay um so i never get tired of playing that one and and i actually you know i get excited when i get requested it because i'm probably going to play it anyways so <laughs> when someone asks me to play it i'm like okay perfect it was in my set list anyways i don't have to pull this one out of my memory or something like that um but yeah i, ha I haven't actually i haven't i don't even think i have enough songs yet out in the world that i would get requested something that would be you know annoying to play <laughs> Maybe my first song I ever released, which is Supernova, which is ne not even on streaming platforms any anymore because I was too embarrassed and I took it down. 
<laughs> maybe that one, maybe that one I sometimes get requested it, but that mostly that's just my friends and they're just trying to poke fun at me. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, I will, I probably won't play that song live anymore. Yeah. And they will, your friends will do that. My, yes. my bassist tries to, Jordan been with me since the beginning, but he's my best friend. I've known him for uh, 14 years, I guess. Yeah. And so when we're playing on stage, me and him started the band together he will do some of the weirdest things to make me laugh, but he does it at the worst times. Yeah. Like he's, he's done this a couple of times. It, it makes me focus a little bit harder because I know he's going to do it. But like when, I, <laughs> we do, when doves cry, he'll like, caca, caca, right in the back. Oh, and I'm trying like, oh, dude, you're making me forget the word. Shut up. <laughs> Unbelievable. So I like, you tell, I like stories. So tell me a funny story that's happened to you uh, on the road or playing at a gig oh man i've uh i've had quite a few um drunken elderly man stories <laughs> i would say those are always the most entertaining i'll uh you know i'll be playing a show in in some bar um i, I did like a western canada tour a couple years ago and uh, i was an opener for an artist named caleb hart and he's he's won some some juno awards here and um he's at his he's toured all over the world and um, so he took me on tour with him as an opener. And so we were basically, we were in British Columbia and, uh, I don't know if you know a lot about British Columbia, but there's, uh, there's quite the hippie population in, in, in British Columbia. <laughs> and so, especially when you get to the, to the islands like, uh, Victoria and, um, those kinds of areas. And mm -hmm. it, it seems to be a, a very like. There's like, I swear there has to be like hippie colonies there. <laughs> and uh, we played a couple of shows along, uh, along the coast of the island. And we were just playing in these little bars and we would have, you know, these, these hippies come out and watch us play. And, you know, they're amazing. They're super nice. They're very friendly. They're very chill, very relaxed, but just like kind of odd. And uh, <laughs> they would just ask you weird questions and, and then and kind of just get really right up in your personal space and it, it was kind of funny but yeah we just had this guy he uh on this one show and he he kind of just started like taking his clothes off on the dance floor <laughs> and we were just playing and this guy just he's just dancing in this trance almost it was kind of weird and then just one by one just started taking his clothes off and then was just in his underwear and just dancing on the stage or d dancing just off the stage and we're just kind of like trying to finish the set and like we didn't know what to do there was like everyone else seemed entertained by it the bouncer wasn't doing anything <laughs> we're kind of like okay maybe this is normal here <laughs> but uh yeah that was that was by far the weirdest experience i've ever had during a show like without a without competition I, th I think the weirdest thing i remember playing and we're playing at a bar in marietta and a fight broke out oh man but it was, it was a dog fight oh in the middle of a bar oh my gosh <laughs> i'm like i guess we just keep playing <laughs> yeah get a report i'm like I, I, at the end i was like why would they bring dogs into a bar i mean that's, that's that like, is so bizarre <laughs> only in georgia oh i reckon <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so we'll listen to one more song josh and then we'll get into like the interview part that's not music related like the 20 questions kind of game sure uh, so what's the what's the last song you want want us to play? Um, maybe let's do "I'd Leave My Happy Home for You." That's that's the one I was just talking to you about. Okay. Um, I wrote that song a long time ago. 
um, before I even considered myself a songwriter. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what, I don't know what came over me that day, but um, yeah, that song is special. Um, I, I love that song so much since I wrote it. I've sang it at so many weddings. Um, like I said before, I get requested to sing this song all the time. Um, and it's probably, I would say, my favorite song I've ever written. So, Is there like a real story behind it or anything? Um, it's kind of about, I, wrote, I remember writing this song during final exams, and I just really hated where I was at in my life at that point. I, I was like, why am I in school? Like, why am I doing this? Um, I just want to get out of here. And, and ironically, I was single at the time, but I wrote this song about having a special person in your life and, and just wanting to like, you know, call them up and say, Hey, like drop what you're doing. Let's get out of town. Let's go somewhere, somewhere better, somewhere, you know, more peaceful. Cause I'm, I'm tired of working. I'm tired of studying. I'm tired of doing what I'm doing. And I just want to get in the car and drive until we run out of gas and wherever we end up is wherever we went, we end up. And that's kind of just how that song came about is just, leaving where you're at, leaving work behind, leaving all the stresses of everyday life, you know, getting in the car with the person you love and just driving and wherever you end up is great. <laughs> all right. I, 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 I'm looking at the titles. Like you talk about hooks, the one below it, Kool-Aid and cyanide. That, that's just, okay. We won't play that, but I want to hear the story of that song. What is the story of Kool-Aid and cyanide? Kool-Aid and Cyanide, oh man, that's a song that is about two people who are super incompatible with each other. Mm -hmm. They do not make a good pairing, just like Kool-Aid and Cyanide. And uh, they their relationship is toxic, just like Kool-Aid and Cyanide. Uh, they are, you know, horrible for each other. They they're destructive with each other, and but they just can't get enough of each other. And they want they want to make their pairing work. They want to, you know, they want to try to stay together. They, they can't seem to, you know, admit that the relationship is not healthy. Um, and so it's basically just about that. It's two toxic people in a toxic relationship, um, trying to make it work, not succeeding, and then kind of trying to figure out how to go on with their lives when they don't want to see each other with other people but they know that they are not good together. Mm -hmm. It's just a messy situation. <laughs> See, in my weird mind, I'm thinking of the Kool-Aid man running through walls to hurt people. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> That's uh, valid well, let's listen. I'd leave my happy home for you. I'm going to mute us and play some music. Oh, 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 oh. On our backs, head to somewhere prettier. Look at all we've made. Could it all mean nothing? All our little plans had to count for something. But you take.
take me deeper than possessions This love is my confession to you And all this time I've been searching for an answer You're the one my heart is running to There's a way we can see the whole world Never work a day, drive down to LA Everything we've known never seems so faded But when I hold your hand, I feel that I'm awakening You take me deep within possession Love is my confession to you And all this time I've been searching for an answer And you're the one my heart is running to my confession to you and all this time i've been searching for an answer and you're the one my heart is running such a that's such a visual song this in the very opening when you just said oh i already i'm sitting here in my mind and i'm looking i'm like in a jeep somebody's in a jeep and they're staring out of the sunset and they're about to just take a trip yes that's that's the first thing that pops into my head that's that's what i was hoping for so i'm glad Man. you said that and it's, it's so it's so it's weird because normally you get like a hook and that's what makes you think so. But you're just singing, Ooh, and I'm like, I'm already visualizing shit. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's talent. Good job. I really like that one. Thank you. I can see why everybody loves that song. That is a, that is when you do a, a ballad or a slow song, you know, you, you want to say stuff that hasn't been said before, but you can't. Everything's been said. So you got to find a new way to say it. Yes. And the way you did it without even saying anything, it was blowing my mind right now. I was like, Oh, why don't I ever, why don't I ever own songs? I don't ever own songs. <laughs> Just think, oh, 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 you know. And and here and here I am sitting like I don't know what I I don't know what else to sing here, so I'm gonna just default to some O's. <laughs> it's funny that I, I wrote with a, a songwriting buddy, and he does the he doesn't O's. It's more like come on y'all, you know, because it's country, yeah. so he does it. But it's or the la la the laws. He calls it the la laws, and I'm like, yeah. 
it is, it's not really anything to tell a story. It's just to get people to sing with it. Right. Again, I guess psychology, you were talking about psychology earlier. Yeah. It goes to it. Yep. <laughs> so that, that was really good. I like that. One. Thank you. So Josh, before we get into the, um, 20 question type of game, uh, tell everybody where they can find you, uh, any website, stuff like that you get. Yeah. Honestly, if you just put my name into Google, Josh, J O S H Sahanta S A H U N T A. All my stuff will pop up. I'm on basically every single platform that you can be on except Twitter because I can't handle Twitter. <laughs> um, but I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Music, all those places. I've done some I've done some extensive research and I found out that I'm the only Josh Sahanta in the world. So you will not find another one. So if you just type that in, everything you'll see will be me. <laughs> see, now we're going to find somebody. Okay, I'm going to find another Josh. I'm going to Google yeah. <laughs> find it because it's funny. I, I'll Google myself too to see what pops up because yeah. my, my wife uh, is a, works for the sheriff's office. So she tries not oh, to, wow. to be uh, seen. I said, well, yeah. I'm sorry because since you, pop, you type my name in, the first thing pops up is us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you blew her cover. I did. I did. So I always tell, I wrote a song for, because you know, I met my wife. Um, how'd you meet your wife? And I'll tell you, I met mine. Um, I met my wife through some mutual friends at church. Um, we, we've been friends for, we would, we were friends for a while. Never saw her like romantically. You know, I thought she was cute, but I, I never thought of pursuing her. And, um, yeah, one day we just ended up talking for a while and I was like, ah, she's actually really cool. Like I should like, ask her to go for coffee or something. And um, yeah, I just got to know her more and, and thought she was just, you know, had incredible character. And um, I think that's something that's so valuable in today's world, especially it feels like it's hard to find, it's hard to find a good person of character. And so, um, yeah, I was just immediately attracted to that and was like, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. Cause I, I know I've, I've been married since my second marriage. I don't plan on getting married again, but I right. think what, what what works for a couple and i mean you can be fighting each other or you know you can be complete opposites and me and her are because she's she's a, a army brat moved all over you know yeah. she's got some i call her some yankee tendencies and she's from, <laughs> she she was born in germany so she likes okay. david hasselhoff and i tease her yeah. about that <laughs> but the fact that we both have good moral character that's where the relationship works because nice. we both feel the same way in, in a generic sense as far as like what's right and wrong yeah and i think as long as that lines up with each other i think it works definitely is that you got to do two marriages but i hope that's not the case so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i i met her um my sister actually introduced us because me and my wife were both going through divorce at that time we were both mm -hmm. separated uh she was mobilized and and i was just i had back surgery and my wife my ex-wife left when i had my back surgery day I came home, she, you know, she's gone, like, whatever. You're okay. Wow. Um, so my sister who was an HR, you know, this is months down the road. Uh, she came, my wife now came in and she's like, saw a picture of me and, and my, my son and my ex-wife. And it's like, Oh, that's a cute family. And my sister goes, Oh, are you looking? She goes, well, maybe. And so that's where it started. And then, so we started talking on MySpace because yeah. apparently that's how you do it now is you wow. talk, talk online. Yeah. Um, and then we met at like a Cracker Barrel and then we went on a date and it, it, that's how we, that's how we actually met. But because she was, a, I worked at the sheriff's office, I tell everybody mm. that they brought me in handcuffs and she fell in love. She goes, don't tell people that story. 
<laughs> so I actually wrote a song called Forbidden Love, and they op- and that's the opening line. Brought me in handcuffs. Oh first man! Time we, first time we met. <laughs> nice. And, and it was, uh, you were taking photographs. You hadn't booked me yet. That's what I wrote. Just, just, <laughs> that's All right. So this this is part of the the uh, show that I actually start liking. I, I really like this part of it because we've got to know you, and we've got to for about over an hour or so we've been talking. And we know about your music stuff. Let's get to know a little bit more, Josh, about some of the things that, that you would do. Sure. First, first off, I always ask this question of every guest. What's a hidden talent? Hidden talent. Um, I'm, really good at, I'm really good at soccer. Okay. Yeah. My family's from England, and so it was kind of grilled into my, into my life when I was very young. And, yep, that's my hidden talent. My wife, being from Germany, has made me watch the the world cup and i tell you what i actually got into it the nice the one so i was like nice. okay i'm glad to hear that most people i know don't like it on this side of the on this side of the planet so yep. good to hear that <laughs> this side of the pond as they say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i like she's i watched that and i'm when i was young i played football and i did weight training stuff like that so it we never i never played soccer right now but that was fun yeah <laughs> um who is like some local bands or local songwriters that you know that maybe somebody hasn't heard that's really good that you like? Um, I would say there's a couple here. Um, my friend Tianda, I actually wrote Kool-Aid and Cyanide with her. Okay. Um, she's incredible. She's, I, I love co-writing with her for not just my stuff, but for pitch, for music we write for pitch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just the most natural songwriter I've ever worked with. Like she can come up with ideas and ways of saying things that just blow my mind. And and it's very humbling working with her. Um, but she's by far one of my favorite songwriters um, that I know personally. Um, and there's another guy, Eric Kane. He's, he's just a great guy. Um, great songwriter. He's, he's kind of the folk folk singer songwriter sound. And um great story uh he he tells them incredibly well so i'd say those two are the the two jumping up at the top of my mind right away okay um if there was a movie about your life who would play you (laughs) who would play me you know what i would have i would have said will smith (laughs) and then he punched a guy and and got some bad and so now i don't know if i would say will smith anymore but (laughs) That would have been my answer. <laughs> yep. I think I had a passive engine. Give it time. It'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> when you're ready for your bio, then he can come, he can come play your. Definitely. Your, but, uh, what is the soundtrack of your life? Like if there's a soundtrack or a song, something that describes your life, what would it be? I would say born and raised by John Mayer. Okay. That whole, that whole album. It just makes me feel understood put it that way that's like that uh be using that movie the uh, what was it yesterday about the beatles i haven't watched that yeah. yet i want to see Great that I, yeah i want i've seen the queen one my, my little girl i've got twins that are 12 yeah and she loves queen okay wow and but she you know why she loves queen there was a movie that she watched wayne's the world recent one when, well she watched wayne's world and that's how she oh. came in love with queen and okay. then we watched the biopic nice now, now we're waiting on the elvis one Yes, that I, I think it comes out any day now, or if either that or it's already out, but I'm excited to see that one. 
I, I didn't see the Elton John, but you know what? It didn't, I didn't care to. I mean, it's yeah. just, it, from what I saw the previews, it didn't catch me. It was like, okay. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't I seem interesting. I, that was Rocket Man, right? I haven't seen that mm-hmm. one. Yep. The Queen one was phenomenal. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then they want to watch uh, Walk the Line. They haven't seen that yet. With okay. That's another classic. Yeah. Yep. And Ray. I mean, I can go on about those biopics. That's, that's so many. They've got, they have good ones. Yes. Um, what's the last book you read? Last book I read. <laughs> You're going to laugh at me. It's uh, so I love dinosaurs. I just think they're so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I read this book. It's about this thick. And it's just like the history of dinosaurs and just like, you know, told in such a way that it's, it's almost like I can picture everything. Like, I, I can't remember what it's called. Um, I'm trying to remember. It has a very long title, but it's it's won a bunch of awards. It was like Goodreads Book of the Year for last year. Um, tons of praise from like a lot of people that I like, like a lot of podcasts re- recommended it. They're like, even if you don't care about dinosaurs, like you got to read this book. It's so good. Um, but that, yeah, that's that's the last book I read. <laughs> Are you ready for the Jurassic Park movie that's coming out? I'm ready. I, to be honest, I, I've been a little bit disappointed with them, mm-hmm. um, but I'm still going to give this next one a chance. You know, I've, I've seen all of them, but I, they don't quite get me the way that the originals did. Um, the original like Jurassic Park movie, that was a game changer for me as a kid. <laughs> well, I saw that Jeff Goldblum is in this one. I think they're bringing most of them back. Okay, good to know. Sorry. I didn't even see the trailer. Oh, have you? Not? Yeah, it's Jeff Goldblum. He's in. I was like, they brought... You put Jeff Goldblum in anything, and it's just hilarious. Yes. One of my favorite movies, um, what was it? Earth Girls Are Easy with Jeff Goldblum. Okay. Bringing out the 80s. <laughs> nice. Oh, man, I didn't know he was going to be in it. <laughs> yeah, now you got to watch the up. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my kids want to. I, I, I've been making my kids watch, like, um, movies from the past, of the 80s, 90s that they haven't seen. So, like, we watched... Um, we're going to watch tomorrow, probably Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Nice. Great they movie. Ha- yes. They haven't seen it, so they're going to watch that. I think, and we watched yesterday, uh, this movie's changed names, but it's called My uh, Boyfriend School, and it's with Shelley Long and Steve Gutenberg and okay. uh, uh, Jamie Gertz. Yeah. And then I think that it was originally called Don't Tell Her It's Me. So I, I, I like that movie. Okay. Um, you're, you got a great voice, we said earlier, so we know you can sing, but if somebody else could sing your songs... Who would you want to sing them? <laughs> Probably Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I figured you were going to say that. Yeah. That would I mean, just be cool to hear. <laughs> I'm Ed Sheeran here. There you go, Ed. This is for you. Exactly. Yeah. What is your uh, ultimate road trip you would love to take? Oh, my gosh. Um, I would love to just, you know, drive from where I am through to Oregon. Uh, yeah. California kind of that whole what is you might know this better than me but there's that there's that drive along the coast where the you 101 just, yes that one mm-hmm. I would I, love to do that I did that I took my kids um we went for my oldest son who's 25 now but we did like yep. a uh, college tour yeah uh, so we went and visited Stanford because that was one of his schools he wanted to go to oh so we flew over there and then we drove the um the 101 all the way from San Francisco down to like San Diego. Oh my gosh. That it would was be so, so much fun. Oh, 
Yep, that's on my bucket list. I would love to do that. That would be like the greatest family trip, I think. Well, that leads into a question. What are three things on your bucket list? Oh, man. The 101 is apparently one. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, that's definitely on there. Um, three things on my bucket list. How do they have to be? Do they have to be achievable or can they be things that like quite possibly and more likely will not happen? <laughs> they can be whatever you want them to be. <laughs> Uh, I'd love, I mean, I'd love to play a show in a stadium someday, you know, I, even if I'm just an opener for somebody um, to play to us, to a full room, a full stadium of people. I don't even care where it is. I mean, ideally I would love if it was like Madison square garden or, or the O2 in London, mm -hmm. those are the two, you know, biggest venues that I would love to play someday. Um that's huge on my bucket list. I would just love the opportunity even just to do that once. Um, I, I would love to have a family. I'm, you know, I, that's something that I've always wanted. And, and, you know, I always said to myself, there's, if there's two things I can be in this life, it's either going to be a famous touring musician or a dad and a good dad. And um, yeah, so that's, that's another one that's probably really big. And uh, what else? I, you know, I, I would love to, I would love to own an acreage and just have like a, a lot of land and, you know, just be able to like have a studio on there and, um, you know, a, a place where uh, my kids can just like be outside all the time and just, you know, be in nature and feel safe and, I think that would be really cool. I don't know if that's necessarily like huge on my bucket list, but it would be, it would definitely be really cool. Yeah. We live at here. I'm at, it's like a, we have like nine and a half acres total, but it's like family owned land. So okay. the kids and the kids stay on their phones, like get outside and play. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you come across that. We have, cause here my internet is so bad and everybody's, this is why I don't ever do live videos because my internet's too bad. Yep. But uh, a couple weeks ago the internet was down it was and it was down for like a week so oh my gosh the kids had to they had a friend come over for the weekend my daughter did and so she was like i don't know what to do so what they ended up doing is what we did as a kid is she went outside and they made videos of of uh she called it her chad videos so she, yeah. she made this character up called chad and <laughs> her and her friend were like just doing these weird videos outside they yeah. had the best time oh, i love it <laughs> so, that's I was like, awesome I was like see stay off stay off the computer go have fun you there's you, a world you, out there <laughs> yes people see and i'm now here we go with a rant i'm gonna rant here for a second because a lot of times and uh, people get on their phones and they miss so much yes and i and i know it's convenient and people are kind of it keeps people from having to interact with other people so they get you know they're more comfortable that way yep. but you miss so much of what's going on around you Definitely. by doing that. I mean, it's, it's crazy. People are, where like in Georgia said, are you, by the way? Uh, we're North Georgia. We're about uh, an hour up from Atlanta and an hour south of Chattanooga. Wow. Okay. So we're right up there. If you ever in Georgia, we'll come on, come on back. I'd love to have you on brother. Anytime. I would love to. Yeah. I, I've got a, I've got a friend and producer that I work with a lot. He, he lives in Atlanta and he's been, He's been bugging me to come on down to Atlanta for a while too. So I, I, I definitely foresee an Atlanta trip in my future. 
Yes, I, and come on, I, I, I can t- take you around. We'll go have uh, you bring if your wife comes. We'll go out to eat. We'll do whatever you want. Sounds great. I, I might take you up on that. Actually, <laughs> I, I'm all for it. Well, I, I love doing that stuff. I said when we, if you want to co-write, I'm serious. Well, I'll sit down. We'll put a Zoom date and we'll write. You know, I'd, I'd love to do that. Um, I got I got one more question for you if I for cut the interview off. Sure. Um, what is the best advice you've ever got? Best advice. Um, honestly, it's just to be kind. Just to it's and it's the most simple thing, and it might sound like it might be a roll your eyes kind of piece of advice, but there's been nothing more valuable in my career and in the success that I've had than just being a nice person to everybody. And just like, you know, more, if you want to get more specific, it's like treat the janitor the same way you treat the CEO. And that's something that I live by. And that's something that I've always lived by. And I will give just as much of my attention and my time to, you know, the, uh, the person in the drive-through window at the McDonald's, as I will to the label executive that I've got a meeting with that I've been trying to meet with for, for years. Like I'll treat them exactly the same. I will, you know, have just as much of a conversation, pay just as much attention, um, treat them just as with just as much respect. Um, and I think that's something that has gotten me to where I am. Um, and, even if it didn't get me to where I am, I think it's just a valuable thing to live by is just to, to see the value in everybody, treat everybody the, uh, equally and, and the same and treat them as you'd want to be treated. And um, yeah, I think there's nothing more valuable than that in just in life in general. And, and if you're trying to have a career in something, because people will remember that and you never know also like that janitor might someday end up being the CEO. Like you never know. Right. So again but without without that being said without the intention of like oh maybe they might be something someday so i want to be nice to them it doesn't matter right it's just baseline you just want to treat everybody that way and i think that goes back to what we said earlier about the moral compass of people because that's i'll I always live by the golden rule treat others as you want to be treated you know yep. if, if, if you i'm not going to be hateful mean to somebody i'm going to talk to him somebody if like you Use the examples, like I said, of a CEO and a, and a janitor. If they both come to your show, yep. right, and they're playing and they want to buy your your CD, hmm. that janitor it hurts more for them to buy your CD than that CEO. Right. So they don't have as much money. So to me, that shows more of a commitment to yes. to you. So yeah. why not? It kindness doesn't cost you anything. Totally. So why not talk to them? Why not sit down? And I've had some of the best conversations with some of the weirdest people I just yeah. have yeah, because <laughs> you never know. That's why I do this, these interviews and conversation styles, because I could talk, but we could ask the music, you know, you could, you could promote your music 20, 30 minutes later. We're done. Okay. Thank you for coming. This we've had more of a, an intimate conversation. We know each other a little bit more, hmm. you know, it's, it's more for, for to get to know you than just to hear you. Yes. And, and I think that's the most important part of, growing as an artist or just even getting heard because when the radios, people say radio's dead, but they still put music on the radio and you still listen to the radio and they oversaturate your song by playing it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. But 
that's how people remember it. Definitely. So as a, as a songwriter, you first when you come out and play, they may not have heard your song. Mm. But thank you, Josh, for coming on the show. I, I've had a good time. I had a good talk. Likewise. Thanks for having me. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stop the recording. I'll talk to you for a second. Um, sure. But tell them one more time where they can find you before I let you go. Alrighty. Well, I'm Josh Sahunta, S-A-H-U-N-T-A. Um, I'm on all platforms under that name, Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Um, and my brand new album, Melodrama, just came out two Saturdays ago, so May 20th, and it's available now everywhere. So I'd love it if you checked it out. Okay. All right, everybody, that was Josh Sahunta. This is Georgia Songbirds. Thanks, Josh. Thank you.